I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are finishing up our look at the Venom Mob with 1979's The Kid with the Golden Arm, directed by Cheng Che, and of course starring our Venom Mob. So Sun Qian, Lo Meng, Lu Feng, Cheng Sheng, Wai Pak, and Phil Kwok, among others. Yeah. And this movie is buck wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, like that's I thought Crippled Avengers was crazy, but the this movie's got some some nut stuff in it, so I definitely can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, it's something like, um, you know, a band has a breakout, and then they're like, oh, we can do whatever we want now, so let's just do something really crazy. That's how I feel like this movie is, because um, the story's just absurd, and the each character is crazier than the next character. I actually kind of felt like uh, I was getting, like, x-men vibes from it so for me like liking the oh, x-men cool. there's all these different characters and you're like who does what and why is this person cool and that's a lot of what we have going on here so it's not just the chisha gang like the the villains of kind of five right. four venoms you know that you, know, that you have to <laughs> encounter in this movie it's it's uh, almost equally interesting seeing the hero side of the characters too and um Dude, yeah, that every... sounds like the groundwork for either a fighting game or like a beat 'em up or all, something. Yeah, all of I, this. I stuff. was definitely thinking that these characters are like fighting game characters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's funny. Yeah, just you guys know how much I like fighting games, and it's all of this stuff where every time we encounter movies like this, it's like, oh, duh, Carlos. Of course, you like all this crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. But I especially like the um, the the villains of this film. They're really interesting and and goofy. And um, yeah, the 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 basic premise is like they're escorting some gold to some poor people, and then uh, everybody gets killed on the way there. <laughs> Uh, yeah basically yeah but um yeah i don't know did you guys have a favorite uh standout character in this film um for me i've got to say uh each each movie i've just been like more and more in love with philip quack and i love that he has kind of like this um lovable anti-hero prominence Mm -hmm. in this movie um so yeah i i definitely appreciated that and um i think not to to spoil the ending but this is maybe my favorite version of um setting the venom mob against each other as far as mm. as fights go of of the batch of movies that that we've watched um but yeah philip i think rises to the top just a bit for me cool man <laughs> i i do agree and it's really cool that phil quack gets that like very much the main i'd say he's very much the main character in this movie as much as anyone can be in these kind of ensemble things but just for sheer goofiness brass head's definitely my favorite (laughs) brass head's awesome (laughs) number four is brass head head seems like like another version or something yeah 
<laughs> he's kind of he feels like a venture brothers villain <laughs> like oh, uh, yeah, like great. he's so he's silly but like he's taken dead seriously but he's really silly <laughs> yeah totally i i shared with you guys a little while ago but um i'm a fan of the tick cartoon and uh there's a oh, character totally. on the tick called the human bullet and he, uh, yeah. he looks like exactly like uh, brass head <laughs> in this film <laughs> so oh, like man, yeah so i I totally see what you're saying. It's like almost exactly uh, what you mentioned. Like Venture Brothers, I see is kind of a similar kind of comedic. It's a similar sense of humor yeah, to yeah. The Tick. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, I think something I really appreciated about this movie is how wacky and like you're saying, Matthew, buck wild it is. Because um, <laughs> for me, I definitely steer more towards like a golden harvest, like outright comedic kind of sensibility with my classic kung fu um mm-hmm. and you know even in even in this film it's not necessarily overtly a comedy but it it just it's pushing right on the nerve of it the almost the entire time which i really love and there's something about seeing a character <laughs> um you know with that kind of helmet uh taking themselves completely <laughs> seriously that's just wonderful <laughs> i think for me i'm going to kind of take the odd pick this time and i'm going to say that um uh, hero lee uh white pack's character yeah um, oh, i love that is a great character <laughs> how stubborn he is and it's mm-hmm. it's you know to a he fault he saved your life i don't care <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's constantly just trying to prove how much of a hero he is, and he's throwing himself directly into danger. And he's like, "Oh well, you know, I'm a hero. That's what heroes do." <laughs> it's too funny I'm to me. Bound by heroic code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it it yeah. It borders on parody. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a great pick, and we haven't. Uh, spoken all that much about YPOC in this batch of movies. So yeah, it's great to focus on him. Yeah. Everything that I would um, see about him, it, it actually, he seemed like he wanted to lean more on the acting and film and less on the action. So um, I think that that's probably why, at least in the four films we've covered in this block, um, you don't, I mean, he's not in, all of them and you don't see as much action out of him than the rest of the cast. Right. Right. Yeah. This, this is definitely a a fitting, I think a fitting end for our, uh, for our arc. And it definitely matches, I think really well with five venoms. I feel like five venoms and this is more of a sequel to five venoms than, uh, which, which was the one that was actually credited as return of the five venoms. Crippled Avengers. that's Crippled Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel definitely. like this is almost more of a sequel than Crippled Avengers. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. For me, I was getting actually kind of vibes from uh Legendary Weapons of China, the film that we mentioned oh, sure. uh, yeah. before. Um yeah, because it's it's similar in that it's got all of these different factions kind of moving uh around in groups and each of them have these crazy characters that have these wild abilities and and you um, do have some obscure weapons that you don't always see and yeah actually that's a good point too i think of the films we've covered this has the most weapon fighting i think most of the fighting in this film um is uh weapon fighting and um Mm -hmm. not as much hand-to-hand i i think maybe that's intentional though because of lo meng's character being 
um, you know, established as the golden arm kid. Yeah, his like, arms are weapons, I guess. Yeah. So um, I think it looks really cool. And I I was trying to think about a movie where I've seen another person use like double short axes the way that uh, Cheng Sheng is using them in this film. And I don't, I can't, I can't think of anything like that. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, the wacky mm-hmm. weapons and the wacky armor that we get in this film, it's very entertaining. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, one thing I'm excited about and have been meaning to do for a long time now is mm-hmm. uh, connect the dots of uh, characters to their uh, English voice actor performer. Yes. Um, we've talked a little bit about this in past episodes. Um, there's not as much information as we'd love uh, about these guys and really about who's, you know, who's doing what. Um, but luckily there's enough to kind of, uh, put some of the pieces together. So uh, as we go through the story in today's episode, we'll try to be calling out those actors. And hopefully as we go forward, we'll start developing an ear for these voices. <laughs> and yeah, that's something mm-hmm. I'm just really looking forward to, um, kind of connecting these performers across all yeah. these movies. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that all of us probably recognize the voices, but it's going to be great to attach these names to these actors that have yeah. been... <laughs> Giving us so much entertainment. <laughs> and just, it even <laughs> just gives us a shorthand, I guess, for pointing to that voice quality or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just, oh, you know, it's the kind of nasally British sounding guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was saying uh, the only voice I can't be sure of is that really raspy, funny one that takes a lot of uh, pauses. I'm not sure where we're going. You know, that <laughs> kind of guy um, who's actually one of my very favorite voices. Um, <laughs> but I've got a list of names that it's, uh, and it's got to be one of these, one of these guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then I guess we'll, we'll look at that as we go through the movie. So let's take a look at the movie. Uh, but first, let's listen to the back of the VHS. Some say gold makes monsters of men, but this man is a monster with arms of gold. Cheng Che has gathered the Venom Mob to bring you their most fantastical film yet. When a troop of heroes is tasked with delivering a cache of gold and to save an impoverished village, they are descended upon by the infamous Chi Sha Gang. The four generals of the Chi Sha are each stronger than the next and are prepared to kill anyone and everyone to get that gold. Number four, the Brass Head. Number three, the Iron Robe. Number two, the Silver Spear. And number one, the Golden Arm. What devious traps lay in wait for our heroes? Who will survive long enough to face the insurmountable strength of Lo Mang as the Kid with the Golden Arm? So this movie is a breezy 81 minutes. It's probably the shortest movie we've done, I think. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. I was about to, I was about to say more of the anime movies, but no, actually, I think I think both of the anime or the anime movies we've done have been broke the ninety minute mark. So yeah, I think this movie is is short, but a lot of stuff happens in it. It it definitely speeds along. It's like they take all these different ideas that they're excited about and they're like well let's just use all of them <laughs> so we'll figure it <laughs> right. out we'll put it together <laughs> it works really well as the la- like the our last venom mob film because it does almost feel like there's an urgency 
like you're saying, to put every possible idea in this movie <laughs> as though they're not going to get another chance. Um, luckily, they would, but uh, it's fun <laughs> treating it that way. <laughs> so it starts off with it, it kind of gets our, our entire plot piece, which is the the gold out of the way literally in the first five seconds. We see these these chests that are apparently full of gold. We never see the gold. It's kind of like Pulp Fiction. You never see what's actually yeah, in it. Totally. Yeah, but, sure. <laughs> but uh, this uh, Sun Chan's character says that uh, it's for famine. What do they say? The it's for famine pe- victims. Yeah. Famine victims. There you go. So it's like nice and nice and vague. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Sun Chen is voiced in the English dub by Warren Rook. As the state government has asked me to escort the gold to the famine area, this will show they've confidence in us. This will make us popular. Mm. Warren Rook. Cool. But yeah, he, uh, Sunshine's character. I also, I, I may note, you don't notice it as much here as you do later in the movie, but I'm pretty sure he's literally wearing the exact same outfit that Lu Fang as the centipede wears in oh, Five Oh, I, I bet like you're right. Like that red with the, with the black outline. I'm almost positive that's the same outfit. Because <laughs> uh, we were talking just last week about them reusing sets and costumes and stuff between Shaw Brothers movies. They, so. Yeah, they definitely reuse stuff in this film. <laughs> Man. Dude, you know what would be so awesome if somebody made some kind of TV series about the costumer at Shaw Brothers and you just follow oh. him or her and then you see these actors and production designers come in and they're, you know, getting fitted and I, I don't know. Anyways, there's something something <laughs> there's there. There's something there. Yeah, definitely. I really like the whole point of, hey, we're taking like tons and tons of gold to these people that are starving instead of taking food. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's like, here, we're saving you. Oh, what can we do with this? Uh, yeah. Buy hey, some I'll food. figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably is something uh, that, where the story started with the gold and then the the people's uh, issue came came later. <laughs> um and I, I would think if you were taking food you wouldn't have this uh huge evil gang trying to descend upon you the whole time <laughs> yeah it's not as much fun maybe they sent both caravans one for gold one for food but the the food one got there with no problem so it didn't, yeah. make, a, didn't make for a good movie <laughs> uh but we get similar to our uh to the five venoms he kind of introduces us to this gang, the uh, the Chisha gang. Yeah, or so they say they say Chisa, no H in the dub, but right. either way, it's the Chisha gang. In the original audio, uh, the gang is called Deadly Valley, which I think is really cool. Oh, sounds, that's perfect. Sounds so awesome. <laughs> and this cut, For, that's yeah, why you this, put on. Oh, that's why you put on evil salads. Is Deadly Valley Ranch? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I love the the um the cut to Lo Meng's character when he starts talking about these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a cut to our opening title sequence, and it's yeah, yeah. This is this is just classic. So great. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's so striking. You know, Lo Meng, known for being so buff. You know, it's a super tight on his musculature and you've got this stark red background with the yellow uh font i just yeah yeah, i think it looks so cool and it does it showcases each of these uh four um there are four masters four generals of the deadly valley gang and each of them get their own color palette to go with their outfit 
I love that Johnny has this green color uh, background, and it took me a couple seconds, and then and then I realized, oh, this is like a legit green screen. Like it'd be fun if somebody could cro- <laughs> chroma key some other <laughs> background. That's a it. great um, idea. <laughs> it's almost the perfect shade. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but yeah. We get into our Chisha gang, which is of course Lo Mang as the the titular kid with the golden arm. Uh, although it's funny, it's called the kid with the golden arm. But the only really allusion to his to his age at all is just the Sunshine character saying uh, they're ranked. He's number one, but he's also the youngest. It's not ranked by age. Yeah. And that's the only time it comes up at all that that yeah. he would be a kid of any kind. Yeah, so. sure. And the uh, character we find out later in the film, his he's also called Kid. He's Kid with the go- with the Iron Foot. So those are the only two yeah. characters that I like that, and they kind of. Um, establish them as kind of like parallels in the film mm-hmm. so yeah it it sounds cool the um the original uh title of the film is like just straight up like golden arm boy that's mm-hmm. what the chinese characters right gotcha so. so it did refer to him as like a young yes. youngster mm-hmm. yeah then there's also lu fang as silver spear who appropriately enough uses a silver spear yeah, and he has a great silvery outfit, which might. Now that I think about it, that might be the snake's outfit from Five Venoms. Oh. That same kind of silver hue. <laughs> um, oh, dude. Uh, then there's that would uh, be a Johnny fun Wang. blog article to connect all those things. <laughs> I get ones and ones of views. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd uh, click it. Jo- <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I got Johnny Wang as Iron Robe. Uh, who has this uh, this iron robe? But he he fights with like a fan that has blades on the end, which is really neat. It's yeah, a very yeah. wuja kind of kind of weapon. Yeah, totally. And then we have Ying Sheng as Brasshead, who has this big you know brass helmet kind of thing, and he you know rhymes his head into people. It's pretty great. Oh man, so good. He just straight up headbutts and there's like this hollowed out like metal sound when he mm-hmm. kills his opponents, and they have the wonderful red uh, Shaw Brothers blood pouring from their mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah, that's actually, that's great. You know, spoiler, almost everyone in this movie dies. Um, <laughs> yeah. But whenever, whenever Brasshead dies, and whenever he does like the whole Kung Fu, uh, then falls back, when he falls back on the ground, then there's a nice clank. Yeah, yeah. perfect. On the ground. <laughs> oh, maybe so one good. of my favorite blood things ever. It's actually just before the title sequence. Uh, they receive a message that's written in blood on the back of one of the soldiers, and it's actually this really beautiful calligraphy. And it's it's um, yeah, it's really well done. Yeah. It says "kill, kill, 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 kill" on his back, <laughs> and that's like what clues in. Um, uh, <laughs> Only yeah. one person have can have a this. feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like they're. <laughs> their business card is like just writing kill everywhere <laughs> so after the credits we get introduced to kind of our other faction which i've called the axemen i'm not sure what else to call them but it's I like uh, that. it's short axe and long axe short axe is played by chang sheng and long axe is played by shin shu pao which i'm not sure if we had i think he he was like a I think he was one of the constables in Five Venoms, but I don't think he's had any other. Yeah, he hasn't had a prominent role, yet. and this is one of the voice actors too that I was not able to trace. And actually, the voice gotcha. isn't super familiar to me. It's a little bit goofy sounding. I don't know. If I like it. Had... Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's it's fun. My father always said, "Avoid the woods." I think 
My dad was right. But this might not have been one of the, uh, yeah, one of the regular performers. And then, sorry, was that Short Axe or Long Axe? He's Long Axe. That's, that's Long, Long Axe. And then Short Axe is maybe my favorite voice ever. And he also voices <laughs> uh, Philip Kwok's character. Um, they tend not to be on the screen always in the same time. And this is uh, <laughs> Chris Hilton, who has the kind of, um, yeah, sweet sort of buttery hero voice mm-hmm. usually. But we're supposed to be the scouts. We're supposed to check the road. So even if your dad was right, we got no choice. We got to go on. Oh, this is great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome because I actually really legitimately did recognize his voice because I think he did. Uh, he did Chang Sheng's character in uh, Crippled Avengers as well. Yeah, like and I actually think exactly in Five insane. Venoms also. That's awesome. It. Yeah. And yeah, so he's like uh, the first time we encountered him would have been on the very first episode. He voices Jackie Chan's character in Snake and Eagle Shadow. Oh, I believe that. I, I, I haven't I haven't rewatched Snake and Eagle Shadow in a minute, so I'll I'll keep that in mind next yeah. time I do that. <laughs> so right, we see the these X Men, and we also get introduced to a another kind of gang that is after the gold called the Seven Hooks. And the seven hooks get killed almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. They're like, kind of like the foot soldiers from Turtles. That's uh, yeah. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's exactly oh, cool. what they are. It's funny. Yeah, they call they're called the seven hooks, but there's definitely more than seven, and definitely more than seven of them get killed in every scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great when you can have uh, masked bad guys because then you can double up on some of your. You know, some of your yeah. stunt crew and even Cars. possibly some of your your lead actors might be involved in some of this fight. It's really it's really hard to know. The other thing I kind of like is that, you know, ninjas were so popular and you know, we've got these guys definitely have shades of ninjas. But I was thinking on the podcast, we haven't really had any ninja representation. I think in we've had assassin representation, like so like in Prodigal right, Son, right. when all the masked dudes kill the opera troupe, like those guys are kind of like ninjas. And you've got yeah. these seven hooks here. And you could almost argue that Takuma Surugi from the Street Fighter kind of has a very ninja-ish, uh, oh, sure. you know, yeah. almost like a lineage kind of thing going on. But um mm-hmm. Yeah, we're definitely due for some ninjas at some point soon. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I've definitely I've definitely looked done some research into to ninja movies, and it's a lot harder to find info on specifically ninja movies than you'd think. Yeah, at least at least not animated ones. Sure, I yeah, wow, I definitely have a, a laundry list of ninja movies we could cover. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, these guys get handled really quick, and it's almost comical in how the axes handle them. They're very uh cheerful in how they're killing everyone and they make a game out of it even they're saying oh yeah <laughs> yeah you... it's kind of like it's kind of like legolas and gimli yeah yeah oh yeah totally it's totally like that oh you know they're not killing monsters they're killing you know other human beings so it's a little <laughs> it's a little darker of a, a tone to it i guess uh, there's one line actually where they they both kill the last guy at the same time and they have say like right even score which I think that's from Wheels on Mules. Whenever they say we're both good at the same time, mm. oh yeah, it's 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 definitely another. Uh, yeah, it's definitely Jackie. And but it is a weird phrase it, but... here, right? Even score. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. Yeah, but that's also whatever the equivalent of gifs are in audio, which there isn't really something like that, but there should be. <laughs> um, that would be great to kind of drop in threads. <laughs> 
definitely. Oh no, this this episode is going to be like a solid a solid twenty percent clips because there's a lot of oh, amazing awesome. lines from this. <laughs> um, like this next scene because we get to see Iron Robe and the voice actor for Iron Robe in the dub. So, I don't yeah, so feel this is, quite. <laughs> this quite is the guy I'm talking about. Voice. Yeah, that that uh, grizzly, really funny, weird, pausey voice. Um, yeah, and the, the thing amazing. that I really... I, I think it might be an actor named Jack Murphy. Miss Lang, we've never met. I'm Arnrobe, the Chisaw Gang number three chief. Um, oh. And I had some clips of him, uh, his voice from an animated film, and he's never doing quite this voice. He's uh, speaking in a lower register, but I think it might be him. Otherwise... Uh, it would either be a, this guy Ron Oliphant um, or Ian Wilson, but I think mm. it might be Jack Murphy. Oh, great! Um, I love that his voice—it sounds almost like a little kid trying to sound like an adult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And I actually remember—I feel like in Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin, he plays at least one or two of the uh, the monks. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, this yeah. he's definitely. Um, a standard voice in this uh, kind of classic set of guys. Yeah, and there's one line that I don't know why, but it always sticks with me, and it's the monk telling Sanda that, Do not enter the dining hall until you are fully cleansed. And it's just <laughs> like the way he says it, it's like it's stuck with me for so many years. Oh man. <laughs> and it was great. actually like one of the highlights for me when I went to see the Rizza play to the movie live. I was, did that get like a big reaction? From me it did. <laughs> <laughs> that's what matters. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's really good. Well, and then this in this movie, uh, he's got an amazing line um, coming up where he says, "All I want to do is win." Yeah, that's <laughs> so good, so good. Um, here he encounters one of our other heroes, and she is uh, Hero Lang, and she's paired up with Wei Pai's character. And um, this is actually probably one of the most like meaty uh, female roles in all of the films mm-hmm. that we've covered. Yeah, I think um, that's. That's true. She oh, she, she gets is... combat and she has actual emotional stakes. Um, and then, uh, so this is likely a voice actress named Linda Masson, but it may have also been uh, Mandy Cook or Angela Chapman. You are despicable. But yeah, she gets to she's uh, Hero Lang and uh, Hero Lee or Swordsman Lee. They kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are both, of course, swords, swords people, I guess, and <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah, she gets to she doesn't get to do as much sword fighting as I would have liked to see because I don't think the actress is as was as trained in swords as some of the other people were. Sure, um, but she does get a couple of cool, uh, a couple of cool slashes and stabs, and she kind of has a showdown with with Iron Robe in this bit. But that's where we also get introduced to. Agent High Toe, or like the the drunken master character that's played by Philip Quack. Yeah, yeah. Cool. He's so he gets dope in this he film. gets a nice little um, cast introduction, and this is his his actual name. Um, yeah, which I think is how it works in this whole movie, and it's cool. It definitely in the wake of the success of Drunken Master and all of the drunken themed kung fu cinema that followed. Um, but this is this is one of my favorite sort of um, yeah drunken inspired characters of the 
of the late seventies. He's uh, what a, what an introduction where you're like oh. you know, trampolining into the shot. It's amazing, and it's so cool because he does he plays this kind of master role that we haven't seen in a while, where he's uh, expertly skilled, but also kind of plays everything very casual. Like he's not he does this thing where he acts like he doesn't know what's going on, but you know that he knows everything that's happening right. at any given oh, moment. That's a good point. And yeah. he just has such charisma, which we've seen in the other movies. Um, it's really put to great use here, though. But yeah, he comes in. He kind of uh, dispatches everyone pretty pretty easily. And I do like at one point someone in this very early scene just, just describes him saying, wine is his best friend. And that kind of is almost like a reoccurring line throughout the, the rest yeah. of the movie. <laughs> uh, but so we get our, of course, we got to have a tea house scene because we're in a kung fu movie. And uh, we get to see our uh, swordsman Lee, which is uh, Y Pox character. This is yeah, so great. This is great. Definitely get some "Come Drink with Me" vibes here. This, oh, yes. this is almost like an abridged, 100%. kind of more expedient version of that scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this is one hundred percent the bar set from Crippled Avengers. You've got the staircase mm-hmm. going up totally. to the balcony, and uh, the tables are arranged slightly differently, but. The entryway, like desk, is the same. Everything's the same here, except for one wall that will get destroyed very shortly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what happens here is Hero Lee and Hero Lang they sit down and uh, they're going to dine, but it looks like there's some shady individuals handling the restaurant. And once one of the servers tries to kill him, uh, he stabs that man, and then everybody kind of runs up to him like, "Oh, you've made a commotion." This and that, but even the kind of restaurant owner looks kind of familiar if you've yeah, been watching it's these great. films. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking, it, it, yeah, when Sorry, I first saw it. him, I thought, "Wow, that guy is really bad old age makeup." But you know, whatever, <laughs> that's just how these that's how his movies go. Right. And there's another. It's cool. Member, it's like part of the story. Yeah, there's another member of the crowd that has a a big kind of do rag on his head concealing <laughs> who knows what right guys yeah it could be it's anything, great. anything you know it's funny lu fang and the old man makeup looks like another ho- famous hong kong actor of this period i can't remember his name offhand but it was mm. um it was funny at first it's like I, oh i thought it was somebody else but it's yeah, good disguise, if a little obvious. <laughs> he kind of My... looks like uh, Shang Tsung from the first Mortal Kombat game, actually. Ooh, dude. <laughs> the eyebrows and the long beard. <laughs> Man, sorry, I'm just itching to talk about Dick Way's cameo. It's yeah, coming, that's, coming that's up that's in the next second. bit, because the, the old man looks outside, and we see Dick Way just standing there and just stares back up at the old man, and then runs off, and that's the last time we see him. Oh, man, how... <laughs> How, so the, at the end of the last recording, you asked me this question, and I had to resist so hard from mentioning. Oh, what you did great, man! You did so yeah. well. It's beautiful. All you all you get to see is his face. He has no spoken lines uh, aside from his dying, like yeah. growl and uh, just the spray of blood. But he does inflict a serious wound to he does. Our hero it's very lead. important. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's yeah. also a great kind of kung fu staple of the handprint wound on a, a person's back or chest. <laughs> yeah, the sand palm or uh, yeah, the sand yeah. palm. It's called the bl- the black sand palm in the original audio. Oh wow! And yeah, this is a really cool effect how they've inlaid the sand in the palm print. Yeah, and yeah, he he does this this 
palm from the other side and then hero lee turns around and like stabs through the hole in the wall and we don't even see him get stabbed we just see this big geyser of blood shooting out through the through the hole it's perfect oh it's it's so good it's such another perfect way to end our look at these (laughs) venom mob films it is this little block of films and how that's built up Oh man, it's like Dickway started as kind of the master teacher of the whole thing and he's had less and less screen time each movie. And now he's really almost like maybe like the lucky charm of the Venom mob. It's he has to be in there somewhere uh, yeah. to yeah. kind of bless the production. And yeah, was... but he is he is this is firmly cameo territory at this point <laughs> Yeah. He is I'm pretty sure he's in and out in less than a minute. It might be less than God to be. Got to be. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. So uh, good. But yeah, they, they get away. Uh, the the heroes are able to get out. And that's whenever uh, Philip Guac comes in. And this is almost, uh, this almost made me think of Fist of the North Star. Because he just kind of slightly bumps in to one of the goons. And the boon just goes flying and yeah. like blood yeah, flies out of their great. mouth. And he does the Kung Fu movie Death uh, Rattle. <laughs> yes. It's like, whoa, that dude got killed by a shoulder check. <laughs> and still he just acts very casual coming in he he doesn't even acknowledge it and he sits down and asks for some wine and uh yeah, they so indulge good. him and bring him a new bottle but um the man with the towel on his head he uh can't resist headbutting something so <laughs> the bottle gets destroyed and he reveals his true self and it's our brass head one of the chisha deadly valley gang yeah, that's great. And not to be outdone, <laughs> our, <laughs> our old man here reveals his true self. And this is also something that I love in Kung Fu movies. I don't think I've seen it in anything else where somebody that's in disguise but previously had just been wearing makeup does this fake out where they pull off a fake mask and it's their face still. <laughs> <laughs> that only happens in kung fu movies and it's too funny to not laugh at <laughs> so good yeah, that's yeah. yeah prime gift territory it, it's amazing 100%. i think uh harkon fung does that in um warriors 2 i believe it, when he oh. reveals himself to be like the main threat in that film it's the same thing where it's like he's wearing he's quote unquote wearing a mask but it's just makeup and then they fake him right. out oh man how oh, it's the best i love it <laughs> but oh, so silver so spear at this point sees just how good he is because he's able to like just casually knock away all of the people that are trying to fight him yeah and offers him basically a spot in the chisha gang and I do love how this almost comes to nothing because he says, yeah, uh, the Philip Quack character says, I'll join on three conditions. One, all the other people in the gang have to be killed (laughs) and or he has to be number one. And then all the other people need to be killed. And then he just never gets to three because he gets too distracted and then right. just leaves. But mm-hmm. this is the kind of confidence you got to bring to your job interviews when you're. <laughs> That's true. You know, if they really want you, yeah, and value man. you, then you got to do that. I also love maybe one of my favorite gifable moments is Philip walking out of this tea house. He just kind of flips over a guy for fun mm-hmm. and looks back at everyone like, yep, 
Yeah. This is the first of a couple of very unnecessary going. flips and rolls that, that yeah, Philip walked so us throughout good. this movie. Oh, I, I forgot to ask, Carlos, the music in the beginning of the scene, that really signature guitar oh. sort of long line thing. Yeah, um, sure. I was able to track that information down. And it's actually this, that cue, and a couple of other cues in the film are from some uh, Italian films. And this one is from a movie that was called Web of the Spider uh, in the States. But in Italian, it's called Nella Stretta Morsa del Ragno. And the composer for that is Riz Ortolani. And um, I found, like, the entire soundtrack on YouTube. And we can add it to the the blog post. I'll timestamp the track. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm... I'm probably playing it right now underneath this. So yeah, the thing cool. that's funny about it is like, um, I mean, it's definitely cool, like and moody track. But if you just kind of hear it start off, you're like, uh, it sounds like somebody kind of just noodling on a guitar. <laughs> like it sounds like something. Son, like, did you practice your guitar? <laughs> sure, yeah. I did. This note and then this note. And the it's other also thing is- yeah, it's like it te- definitely kind of breaks the. I mean, this happens a lot in kung fu movies of this time. But it sort of breaks the spell of the time period. And sometimes you're watching a film and you take it as a really intentional aesthetic choice in the score. But you got to wonder sometimes. It's like, oh, is this just a track that was available and they're choosing to use it? And now there's electric guitar in the movie. That's yeah. <laughs> it, it has like this almost, I don't know, like a progressive rock kind of feel to it. Oh, like, sure. And yeah the the thing that i think is so funny is that it just seems like they they didn't necessarily pick the right music for certain scenes and i think that this <laughs> film is especially sure. guilty of this and um it works sometimes <laughs> thankfully here it works uh but yeah. a little later on in the film it's like uh what <laughs> we'll get there yeah it's not yeah. quite to the degree of what we were talking about in our last film, the final music, um, as we survey the corpses of all of our heroes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so uh, after they get away, we get a little scene with uh, our heroes, and sh- she's basically saying, "You know, you you need to go try to get better because the the you know the black sand palm is going to kill you." And he's all, "You know, no, I'm gonna die, hero. I gotta stick to the mission and all that." And it it. It's funny because he stays all prideful here and he literally just keeps being prideful throughout the movie until it literally <laughs> right. kills him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ne- near death will not shake this guy. There mm. is a moment a little while after this where, um, you know, he's saying like, oh, I, I got to go my own way. And she's like, oh, I'll follow you or whatever. She's giving him a hard time. And he does this gigantic eye roll to her and just turns away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a great snap zoom on her because the camera is watching her walk away into the woods, and then yeah. it just zooms in on like an expression. Um, that's definitely a useful gif. <laughs> there are some high quality zooms in this movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In this next scene, we get a, a brief little thing that doesn't really go anywhere, where the the axemen bring this uh, kind of prisoner to try to interrogate him, uh, but then the the gang kind of ambush ambushes them with the first of many traps. There's a lot of traps in this movie yeah. where they, they like a trap door drops all of the, all of the uh, chests of gold down and the gang starts uh, taking all of them back to their wagon. Brasshead gets to hop back into some action. 
Oh man, that whole moment right there where Brass Head, like, there's like a super zoom onto his like dome <laughs> before he's <laughs> dome. Yeah. Oh man, that really got me too. <laughs> I actually had no, to I, pause the movie because I was so I, happy. I laughed out loud at a couple of points in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's so uh, good. But he also at at this point says one of my favorite lines in this movie, which is, "Well, Mister Yang." The Chisas won again. They always get what they want. That's our motto. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have to just, like, we, I get it. You don't have to just say that. Oh, so but yeah, we get to see the, we get to see the X-Men uh, in yeah. action a little bit here. That trap door is really, really cool, I gotta say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's like they, a good trap door. Yeah, they dug that tunnel. And they, so they whisk away the gold and Iron Robe is waiting outside. He's got a carriage. And um, so now they're kind of playing uh, catch with the treasure. This is what I was talking about here where um, Brasshead doing his like titular uh, headbutt attack. And uh, you hear, yeah, you get, you hear the great boom every time he like kills somebody. And he does get killed in this scene. But right before he dies, that's whenever Golden Arm shows up and, and you know, knocks down a wall. And... Golden Arm has it's funny. Golden Arm's played by Lo Mang, and he has a very similar power to Toad, Lo Mang's character from Five Venoms, where like he's basically invincible on his arms. Totally. And, like, and at the end of the movie, through. he has a similar disability to his character from the last from Cripple. Yeah, Avengers. yeah, it's great. But yeah. I, yeah, I love that in this film. You know, Lo Mang is. Uh, the primary antagonist, but you, I mean, me personally, I still am like not rooting for him, but I'm like, yeah, like give me more of this dude. Like where is yeah, he Yeah, you just, you just love Woming. <laughs> and uh, the voice actor for his character in this film is uh, Matthew Oram. Well, it seems I'm a bit late here. Mm, so right before uh, Brasshead dies, yeah, Golden Arm shows up and he, promises to avenge his uh fallen comrade and yeah loming here this kind of almost like robotic movement where he can defend <laughs> yeah, any weapon with his hands yeah yep and this is like actually a really cool fight scene because his whole goal is just to get past uh the axes and uh yang the swordsman and um Every move so calculated, all it does is push him away, and he gets past them expertly. And they're like, "Whoa, this dude's as good as you." They say he is. So the so, other thing that I really like is um, how they say like he doesn't use weapons, and he says like something like, "If you believe, if you use a weapon, you, you're gonna die if you're disarmed." But my weapons are my arms and they'll never come off. So th- the funny thing is he says this and it comes up a couple of times in the film and I'm like, oh man, are they really Uh-oh. building up to yeah. them lopping his arms off? That's, yeah, that's what I thought too. We've you seen drop as these. much in Crippled Avengers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you drop these. Yeah, nice. That's really good. <laughs> um, after this, uh, we briefly saw whenever Iron Robe was getting away in the wagon that that a uh, high toe was kind of stowing away underneath it. And so I guess he like breaks one of the wheels of it. And whenever the wagon breaks down, there's this really like kind of silly music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so that, weird. And even before weird, like, that saxophone line. Yeah. 
like well yeah right there that's the one you're talking about yeah that one's really weird and the other weird thing is when iron robe um sees that they're broken down he kind of sends this flare up but it kind of floats up on a string and it's just floating in <laughs> midair and it's like instead of <laughs> yeah. like launching a firework it's very strange <laughs> it's really strange <laughs> philip has a really cool line about like oh no one's answering your call or something like that but yeah it is a little odd <laughs> you know um yeah, I feel like Hong Kong films of this period might be one of the only instances where music supervisor may not have necessarily had any musical aptitude yes, or instinct. Right. Um, <laughs> and but it can lead to sometimes some amazing combinations. I totally mm. agree. It's so weird. It's like they're making a mixtape basically, you know, for mm. for each movie almost, and especially in this era. And yeah, sometimes it misses really badly, but sometimes <laughs> right, it hits like and it's they really don't cool. Intuitively get, yeah. <laughs> um so we do get to see Haito and Iron Robe fight and this, this is, is a great fight. Yeah, this is really mm. cool. They're both very proficient and it's mostly this close quarters combat because even uh, Iron Robe fights with this metal fan. So they're all up in each other's faces and um Haito actually has to grab uh, a flagpole from the carriage, and that proves to be uh, pretty decisive because um, every time he stabs at Iron Robe straight on, they do this kind of cool frozen shot of the 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 spear of the flag like contacting him, and you see, oh, it's useless because of his armor. But uh, unfortunately, he does have a weak spot, and it's kind of the worst weak spot to have yeah. so <laughs> yeah Haito he jumps walk, over the yeah go right Haito, ahead Haito hops over the wagon and kind of hides on their side whenever Iron Robe goes to chase him he just stabs him right in the taint yeah like yeah like just right Pretty in the brutal. taint it's so bad and it even whenever it cuts to Iron Robe dead on the ground it pans down to the blood like going down the flagpole yeah. Ooh. <laughs> It is a pretty Ooh. humiliating death for for Johnny, and um, it's a it is a little sad that he's out of the movie so soon. Mm. Um, this is a great this fight fight amazing, sequence, um, but yeah, it's like I could always I could always watch watch more of his <laughs> combat on screen. Mm-hmm. It's just great. So then, talking about the bad music choices, whenever Golnarn comes onto this scene, <laughs> yes, I don't even know what's going on. Because the song that plays, you found this song as well, right, Carlos? Yeah, it's from another uh, Italian film called Il Carsaro Nero, and it's by Gino Piguri, and the track they used a couple of times in the film is called Il Pirata Matacione. So uh, it's like the pirate Matacione. But it's this weird, cheery, like playful music. So the scene is golden arm arriving to see all his men dead and uh the carriage kind of sabotaged and it doesn't match this at <laughs> all yeah. um my wife even noticed it she wasn't in the same room and she's like what is that music and i'm like joanna i don't know what's happening right now <laughs> uh, but i it's very amusing that's for sure it is it is funny it probably um, shouldn't be, but it is. Sure. There right. is an important moment, though, because Golden Arm is kind of vocally 
assessing what's happening. And you kind of get the sense that he understands that Haito is kind of eavesdropping in the brush. So he kind of explains, oh, we're going to do this. So um, and he kind of calls him out. He's like the famous sheriff dare not reveal himself. So um, that's all. But this, yeah, this scene is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So next scene, we get this fight between the between Hero Lee and Silver Spear, yeah. and i I could watch I could watch Spear versus Sword fight any day of the week. Like, yeah. it's so good. But unfortunately, Hero Lee is so like so messed up from this sword or from this uh, sand palm. That he like gets dizzy whenever the sphere. Yeah, there's is, like, like a kung fu around. hypnosis. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, uh, and he would have uh, probably died here if not for mm-hmm. some interference from yeah. our favorite. <laughs> and you oh, actually and I, get a cool moment where they reveal Silver Spear's kind of secret skill, and that his spear actually can extend to double its length. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That would and be he like also cool has these toy. little. He yeah, has these totally. little like uh this like utility belt thing talking about toys. He has like a utility <laughs> yeah. belt that has these little like I don't know, like they're kinda like darts, I guess. He has like little nerf missiles or something. They're like <laughs> little baby spears. Yeah, that's what I was oh, thinking. That's, is. that's a perfect kind of way to put it. Oh, and it's I like forgot just to... a spearhead, but Yeah. Um uh Waypox character is voiced by uh, Rick Thomas, who's one of the the classic voices of um of this game. And if you manage to kill me now, that will improve your reputation. Oh, so is is that the guy that I was thinking of where I mentioned before we recorded how I think he's the guy that interviewed Yeah, kind Bruce of Lee? a creaky voice. Uh, no, that that's uh, that's actually Ted Thomas, oh, okay. who's the, like the head of the whole thing. And it's funny, I actually don't hear Ted's voice anywhere in this movie. Um, mm. He usually plays an older master, mm-hmm. like that kind of a thing. <laughs> um uh but yeah it's so i'm not yeah i'm not sure if he was either not involved or you know producing this behind the scenes or something yeah cool very cool so, so um, haito hops in and saves the day again yeah and he he's able to catch silver Spear's spear and that kind of lets silver spear know this guy isn't messing around because he says no one else is able to do that Right, and uh, Hero Lang then shows up, and Haito's like, hey, man, like you're going to have to fight us both if you continue this. So then he chooses to leave, and um, Haito then uh, grabs uh, Hero Lee and takes him to this area where it's like, <laughs> it's very strange, I, but I, I don't think know what this great. is even supposed to be. But... Yes. This so is like th- the end of Hansel and Gretel. It's like what it is. <laughs> like... Sure. I, I was kind of reading it like, I was saying this master that kind of knows everything, but he's never letting on the full like story. So um, there's a little bit of mischief to everything he does. Sure. So Lang uh, gives chase to him and he takes Lee and all the men, they throw him in like a furnace. And what he tells her actually in the original audio, what he tells her is that because he's poisoned, if he's turned to ash, the ash could be poison and it actually will fetch like a good price. And he's telling <laughs> her this. So she thinks that he's killing him. But <laughs> what actually ends up happening is um, he's basically burning the poison out of him. And there's a really funny scene where 
uh hero lee's like wakes up in that furnace area and he's like understanding what's happening and he just lets out this huge scream (laughs) and the thing that i love about that is they cut to an another scene but then when they cut back to that scene he's still screaming (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's too good although a really cool bit i liked is that his the palm that appears on his back after getting hit i guess spreads to his front (laughs) so whenever you see him later the palm is like appearing on his chest but whenever you see him that second time, then the palm is is no longer there. So I guess he like burned the poison off or or something. Yeah, He's, he didn't need to sweat it out, I guess. But the in between scene here, we oh, get man. even more traps. This is where we get. I I don't completely know when the <laughs> when the gang works. had time to right. to trap this area. Like, how do they know they're going to stop in this specific part of the woods or whatever? But yeah, they they show up and. Whenever a couple of the men go to sit down to rest, then they sit on like these poison needles and and, and die instantly. <laughs> it's funny they silently die with everybody uh, doing what they're doing around them. Then they yeah slowly realize that like whoa. Then there's another group of men that have died, and there's some really great like dead body like actors there with like their eyes pointing straight up to the sky. <laughs> so the um the solution they come up with is to kind of take scrap pieces of wood from the carriage and make kind of sandals out of them to protect from the the needles which is like man so you're just going to be wearing these forever now because <laughs> you don't know what's <laughs> happening like and you're yeah, going yeah. down this like <laughs> predicted path so you're just gonna have to assume that everybody er, everywhere has this <laughs> right trap <laughs> It's smart, but it's the last time it comes up. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's when we cut back. We see that uh, Lee is okay, but he's kind of mad that he's okay. I guess, right? Like, like we said earlier, he's he's stubbornly committed to this heroic ideal. So, there's a following scene here where uh, Golden Arm is deliberating with uh, Silver Spear number one and number two, and um, there's this kind of thing that shows up a couple of times in the film where they're addressing uh, uh, Sun Xian's character, Yang, and they're saying, hmm, this guy is supposed to be like a great sword swordsman and a hero, but I don't think he's as good as he says he is. And right. as you're watching the film, you're like, kind of like, oh, they're just kind of like talking smack on this dude. But <laughs> right. uh, it does end up paying off, but it's kind mm-hmm. of an interesting little bit here and there's um a moment in the original audio that they don't kind of play off they're talking about these uh legends of yang hu yun the the swordsman and it says like uh he killed like 17 people in this spot but there's also there's like two of them so um the dub skips over a claim that he defeated 18 swordsmen in mount taihong so i think it's just a a thing where they needed to fit a certain amount of dialogue in. Mm-hmm. Um, I right. actually did uh, compare the uh, dub to the original audio quite a bit. And it seems like for the most part, it's pretty faithful to uh, the original uh, script. But um, there's moments like this, like every Kung Fu movie we watch. Yeah, totally. But that's when they introduced the idea of Iron, the Iron Foot Kid. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting thing too because Golden Arms kind of talking about he he's concerned that somebody else might 
be after the gold and he mentions uh the iron foot and this is actually a a thing that's completely avoided in the dub there's like a phrase it's called dual fairy killers golden arm and iron foot so um this is like what i was saying how they play them as parallel so they actually have like a phrase that kind of joins these two characters together but you never see them until the end of the film that's funny i just realized that that sun chin plays a secret character mm-hmm. in both this movie and in five Ooh, interesting wow. isn't it it's crazy that yeah. we don't see it coming even though it's like mm-hmm. you think you'd be tipped off yeah really really good storytelling here it, it's similar to five venoms where uh golden arm says like i've never seen this guy so i don't know what he looks like and yeah oh yeah you're right <sighs> um it's also cool watching it for a second time. You realize that Sun Qian doesn't do any fighting. Like mm-hmm. whenever there's a big fight scene, right. he usually sticks to the back or like he even pulls out a sword at one point, but then doesn't really use it, which seems like at first watch, you th- you don't even think about it. But on second watch, like, oh, that's actually deliberate. And we'll, we'll find out more about that at right. the end of the movie. Also, yeah. you understand him to be the um, the sort of head of the morally righteous team of the story so it's yeah really effective twist we get some more traps now we cut back to our (laughs) our caravan of heroes and the two more guys just die they see it's because the water was poisoned although i think the the poison the water is a little obvious because the water literally just is black and (laughs) yeah (laughs) and there's uh, a great moment here where high toe shows up and he's like well i wouldn't be poisoned by the water because all i drink is wine <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Good a great point. top line too think of that men poison the water all around here lucky i drink wine not water so uh, and and he also helps them one more time because he reveals that there's poison that's hidden in like the, the torch holder so there's this torch in the inside, and apparently whenever it gets too warm, then it, like, expands and shoots poison out. Yeah, which and, actually the logic is pretty sound when it comes to something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I love in the dub, he says, It's quite neat. After this poison almost kills all of them. That's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, that's That's, that's definitely clever. a phrase to flag for, for later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I literally put a timestamp next to it. Oh, that's awesome. So we also get a little bit of uh, interaction between Haito and Hiro Lang, where oh, the two great. of them. Yeah, this is a really cool bit because you can tell that Hiro Lang is kind of on the outs with Hiro Lee, and he uh, Haito says, you know, people have told me all my life that I, I think that wine's my best friend, but really the best friend that you need is a good woman, and it's like, ooh, okay. Uh... It's really cool. I, I, there's an amazing pan of Wipok just standing in the background. It's great. To them. Not only uh, that, but the musical cue. Must be a friend cue. of theirs. <laughs> yeah. The musical cue here is legit awesome. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, and really this good. is another uh, Cinematography, drop. too, and staging of this. I love it. feels like classic Hollywood or something. It does. Yeah, it's it very really cool. Beautiful. It's another piece by Gino Piguri from the Il Corsaro Nero soundtrack. It's called Nel Mar de Caraibi. It's it's really cool. I love this whole. If you speak segment. Italian on the podcast, I'm I'm apologizing because oh. we we hey, butcher yeah, Chinese right. all we butcher Chinese all the time. So now we get to butcher Italian too. You should yeah. be the one saying these Italian titles. I don't know mean. Italian. 
<laughs> my 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 grandfather is Italian. I don't know. Italian. Yeah. Well, we also kind of butcher the king's English too when you think about it. Oh sure. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> There's also a great uh, <laughs> Carlos. Sorry, I noticed on Carlos's notes at this yeah. timestamp, he just wrote Nikum poops. Yeah. <laughs> they actually there are these there are these up. two guys that are like, hey. Everyone in this caravan's dying. Let's just go steal a bunch of gold and leave. And you know, I get that. <laughs> kind of yeah. don't blame there. Yeah. But they they don't remember that everything is trapped in poison, so they go to get it and just both die. It's a little unclear what actually kills them, but but it's very bloody. And yeah, it doesn't. It, all they say is that there's poison on the the treasure, but they don't actually like go into the details. But yeah, they they're full of blood. I actually looked the etymology of nincompoop up. <laughs> oh, dude, cool. Yeah, Speaking it says of the kings. possibly from the Latin non copos mentis, not of sound oh. mind. Although the lack of the second N in the early form cast doubt on this origin, the earliest known use of the nincompoop spelling is from 1680. No way. Wow. So we're going huh. way back, guys. Dude. <laughs> Okay, yeah, take back what I said. Like, we speak English at a very high level here. <laughs> <laughs> we're not a bunch of Nikum poops. Yeah, that's right. There's um, the, uh, yeah, we were talking about this scene here where, uh, there's a scene here where Silver Spear kind of goes to Haito, and Haito's just chilling. Yeah, and he's just instead chilling, of, drinking. yeah, attacking him, he kind of offers him a deal, like, hey, uh, Golden Arm basically acknowledges that you're a threat, so why don't you uh, kind of join us and we'll give you a cut? And he's like, <laughs> It's kind of cool uh, all the offers he keeps getting throughout the movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Actually, it's Silver Spear the other time as well. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. He's kind of the negotiator of the group, I guess. Right. And, right. Um, but the other side of this deal is hey, if you don't want that, then Golden Arm is challenging you to a duel. Um, one of the things I noticed in the scene is that among the guards here, uh, one of the men is played by uh, Robert McTakla, who was one of our leads in Marshall Club. And you see him pretty plainly oh, awesome. on, the, yeah, on the scene. Oh, I've got to rewatch that. That's always cool, seeing people that you recognize from, from future movies. Oh, yeah, I love totally. that. Actually, I had a friend uh, texting me today that he was watching Enter the Dragon, and he was asking me, <laughs> um about like people and i was like dude like it's like one of these scenes like do you don't understand what yeah. you're unleashing right now by texting me this oh, <laughs> but that's um, great though it's like yeah, every I, single person in the frame it's uh, yeah, yeah i can just like kung fu tree <laughs> and yeah it, totally. that's the one with jackie chan right yeah or, i mean it's not just that dude i mean i know oh, it's man. other people but it's but that's it's great because there's that that great video of jackie chan talking about bruce lee accidentally hitting him a little too hard mm-hmm. and after the yeah. scene ends then he's like oh no are you are you okay <laughs> it's so cute um <sighs> i actually feel like that whole uh thing about jackie chan's cameo in enter the dragon that almost to me is like the doki doki panic of kung fu movie (laughs) trivia (laughs) oh man that's i got another one in (laughs) Uh, you're totally right though yeah it is it's great oh man so good um but the uh, the thing i like in the original audio in this scene is that the challenge that 
Silver Spear issues to uh, Haito. Um, he actually says where it's going to be, and he says to meet at noon at Seven Mile Slope. So that's kind of a cool thing to think about. That could be a, a, a film title itself. Oh, yes. Noon at Seven Mile Slope? Totally. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, I forgot to mention earlier that uh, Wu Fang's character is voiced by Michael K, and I think that might be the extent of the actors I was able to connect. Well, now, it seems it's my chance. You've been hurt bad by the sandpan. So then you don't fight too good. Nice. Well, that's that's uh, uh, 8,000 times more than I was able to get. So <laughs> It's really hard to Google this. So Yeah, super hard. <laughs> there is a moment here where Haito's fighting all of his uh, oh, seven-hooking guys. Yeah, and his jug gets split in half, and he uses the jug to like impale oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. one of the soldiers. It's pretty rough. We actually get a sh- scene shot outside in this next mm. little bit. Yeah, um, it looks you can gorgeous. Tell it looks amazing. There was it's... one other brief shot. It might have been even around the same the same area that was outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's boy, you really appreciate these things. It's funny actually. In a lot of uh, cheaper independent films, I feel like you tend to see more outdoor work, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because they couldn't maybe get on the Shaw Brothers lot or on some of the you know, golden harvest sets. And so you're, <laughs> you're forced to shoot, uh, on location a lot more often, but, uh, yeah, breath of fresh air in this movie for sure. And I definitely say that you mentioned, uh, come drink with me. I'm sure that a lot of these oh, scenes yeah. were probably uh, shot in the same areas. You can see like these beaten definitely paths. Is reminiscent of that for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hong Kong's only so big. So a lot of the and places. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, Shaw Brothers that, you know, notoriously used a lot of the same areas <laughs> to shoot their films. Mm-hmm. So that this is whenever all of the rest of the, the kind of the caravan are saying, hey, everyone's like, we're going to just die if the gang tries to attack us now. So we're just going to leave. Is that OK? <laughs> <laughs> and. And they, they do let him go. And they were right because now at this back end of the film is when a lot of our heroes start to mm-hmm. meet their fates as well. So the next scene here is um, the axes. Uh, they get ambushed by some of the Seven Hook gang. And then uh, following that, uh, you get to see that Silver Spear is entering uh, combat as well. Yeah. This is one of my favorite fights in the movie is Short Axe versus Silver Spear. It's, yeah, totally. Yeah, really cool. Because yeah, Chang Sheng hasn't had as much to do in this film as as you're probably hoping for. So this is yeah, really delicious scene. And yeah, we uh, uh, Long Axe gets killed uh, earlier in the scene, and the the way that Short Axe dies is so kind of lame. Like he has this really intense fight with with Silver Spear, where they're kind of equally you know on the same footing. And then just some jobber comes from out of nowhere and just stabs him. <laughs> totally <laughs> jobber. Nice. Yeah. They they do this sort of Chekhov's gun thing where they have a shot of the dude showing up uh-huh. and uh, Lu Feng right. glancing over. And then, yeah, sure enough, he's the guy that uh, strikes. But, I mean, although he does get this mortal wound and it's pretty uh, brutal, I think that the actual death is really cool because um, he's, like, impaled. Yeah, this is wild. But then what yeah, happens the, the is... the effect of it is really well done. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. They do these kind of quick cuts to different shots, and even though he's impaled, he still like does a mortal blow to uh, Silver Spear. So they kind of end up 
stabbing each other simultaneously and and this is like great too because they still have enough entertainers in them to like <laughs> do one last flip <laughs> before they die nice. yeah. i thought that was so good because mm-hmm. when i saw that they were both had been completely ran through with spears that's cool too because the way that short axe kills silver spear is he pulls the spear all the way through himself mm-hmm. and then impales silver spear yeah with it. oh it's raw if you the other go. thing that i really like is just silver spear uh lu feng's use of the spear as a weapon is really entertaining because he's and he's trying all these different grip styles on the spear he'll do it where he's almost holding it like a sword he'll do it where he's holding it two hands wide and and then it, where he's and, holding it almost right at the the blade and yeah it too. like a yeah. dagger it's yeah it's really cool it's really cool but and also like ching sheng's use of these short double axes is is really cool and i've mentioned it before but the venoms their uh weapon fighting is always very quick it's it's super entertaining, and we get plenty, plenty of that in this film. Yeah, totally. And a lot of Peking Opera-inspired choreography, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do get that in here. And um, I I think it, it doesn't take away from the choreography like I was kind of saying it does in Crippled Avengers. Sure. All right, now we are coming up pretty close to our uh, our last two little fights here. Yeah. So we have that scene where the two heroes kind of observe the the bodies of um, our fallen axe warriors. Yeah, it's clear Hero Lee is not really going to budge on his uh, his <laughs> position here. That's right, because he goes off to, to fight Golden Arm, even though Haito sees him and says, you, you know, you shouldn't go that way because you're going to you're going to just get yourself killed. But he keeps going because he he has to be the hero. Yeah. So after having some words with Hero Lang, Hero Lee goes to fight Golden Arm. Golden Arm calls him out even. I I think this is like what I was saying earlier, how uh, he says here, the only reliable weapon is oneself. Although your sword is sharp, you're bound to die as soon as you lose it. But my arms are always bound to me. <laughs> I think that's that's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. So he entertains him, and this fight is really cool. But I think it's it's so overshadowed by the death in this fight. I think mm-hmm. it's amazing. Like it's just so awesome. So there's a moment, you know, they're going back and forth, and Hero Lee's using his Chinese sword, and of course, Golden Arms using his arms, and actually like. Every pose that Lo Meng does is just like perfect. It just looks yeah, you so could cool. Turn it into a poster or something. Definitely, yeah. Every every step in this fight choreography looks equally as amazing as the step before it. So he's able to disarm uh, Lee, and you see this kind of almost him acknowledging how stubborn he's been so he tries to reach for the sword, and then he kind of pauses, but then he does get the sword back, but. <laughs> Ultimately, what happens oh. is that Golden Arm is able to defend the sword, and he wraps it around his forearm like a, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, like a fruit by the foot or something, <laughs> <laughs> or a just, snap bracelet. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, like one of those snap bracelets. And then um, he straightens it out and runs Hero Lee through, and that's not even enough. So once he stabs him, he twists he it. Literally like a, twists the knife, yeah. like yeah. a noodle. It looks 
so cool and you're like whoa this is so crazy and uh i also love he hands the sword off to like somebody offset and it's somehow it totally works he just kind of <laughs> if you rewatch it it's like he's just setting it off to the side but you're so stunned by this death and also that hero Lee is wearing his signature all white outfit yes and that soaked in this shaw brothers blood whoa it, yeah it's really something it's great yeah so he dies, uh, but right before he dies, Hero Lang comes running in. And even at this point, he grabs her sword and tries to get one more attack in there, but then just isn't able to do it and, and dies on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Golden Arm isn't playing anymore, so he kind of very commandingly walks toward Lang and just lets her know, like, hey, I'm going to let you get out of here. You've got three days. And if I see you again, basically, I'm going to kill you. So right. uh, then he turns away. And, and then uh, we have one of the best parts of the movie, this like Kung Fu telephone. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> so He's got like cool. this long bamboo shoot. And it's like, she's humoring it, right? It's like, I can yeah. see you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just talk to me. <laughs> but it's cool uh, too because she is like she's about to go and just try to try to stab golden arm as he's walking away yeah he but... definitely does convince her to, mm. to yeah kind of sheath her anger so cool yeah that golden arm versus hero lee fight so there's another line too what was it oh yeah he says even heroes have to die yeah, that's a good one oh, wow man. so good dude put <laughs> that on the arcade cabinet yes totally that seems like uh i feel like that's like the subtitle for a jrpg like that would be the name of it but the subtitle oh even totally. have to die mm-hmm. Ooh, i can see that yeah so following that you have this kind of humorous scene where golden arm very casually walks onto the set <laughs> and so high toes. this feels like it's a setup to a, a song in like a like this could be I don't know. Whenever you're on these Shaw Brothers like outdoor quote unquote totally. sets, I get such a like a old like Hollywood musical vibe. So I feel like we're in, in Carousel or something. You're um, so right about that. Would That's love so a funny. duet of these two dudes. But yeah, super cash. <laughs> yep. So they basically are kind of doing this thing like like we know what's gonna happen now. So now it's just a matter of doing it. <laughs> so yeah, that begins their uh, their fight. Uh, Sun Chien's character is kind of nearby, but he's just kind of watching over this fight as it happens. But he does pull out the sword, and that's whenever Golden yeah. Arm brings up that, like, hey, like, he's he's not, basically, he's not holding the sword right, is kind of yeah. how I was reading it. Yeah, it, it seems it. to me he doesn't know how to use a sword for being a sword master or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good. The thing that I love about that is the shot of uh, Sun Chien unsheathing the sword actually startles the horse standing next to him oh, <laughs> you see the horse oh, kind of that. buck his head up like whoa what's happening oh wow. yeah i don't i'm i'm sad that the horse actor doesn't get a credit on hong kong movie database <laughs> it would be yeah. shaw brothers horse number blah 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 <laughs> yeah and but, sadly you know, you know that humane wrong. yeah there was activity was not monitored for yeah <laughs> as we've <laughs> mentioned many times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've actually had a long run of films where we haven't seen any animal cruelty, so oh, <laughs> I think true. you've you've conjured that up again. So oh, I'm no, sure. I'm no, sorry. granted, this, we don't see any animal cruelty. In yeah, this movie, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's good, <laughs> right? 
It doesn't mean there wasn't any because it was the seventies in Hong Kong, but you know. <laughs> right. But yeah, then we we very quickly break off into uh, this Lo Meng versus Philip Kwok fight, and it's amazing. What can you say? <laughs> it really it's is. It's great. Yeah, one of the things that I kind of like, but I'm kind of like, uh, was that Haito being this drunken master, he doesn't really portray the drunken master in his fighting, right. which yeah. is kind of a shame, but it also is fine too, because, um, you know, even by now in 1979, that's such a prominent uh, thing to see that it would kind of be more of the same. And this film doesn't really lean on that. Yeah, because right. Drunken Master was just the previous year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then all and of the imitators were, you know, very quick hot on, hot the on their heels. That movie. Yeah, yeah. So I I really like when uh, Yang throws in the sword to this yes. fight. So High Toes using the sword, and I think this might be my favorite shot. Where I just like <laughs> was like, what is happening? Yeah. So <laughs> Golden Arm grabs the sword with his palms and kind of just kind of crumples it to pieces uh, immediately, and it's like. This yeah. extreme showcase of his strength, I think it's the best. This is this was one of the times where I I laughed out loud watching the movie. <laughs> oh, man. Sure. So great, <sighs> yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> but but Haito is able to defeat Golden Arm by uh he he pulls he these out these secret two... almost like size or something. They're... Yeah, I was thinking they're kind of like size, but they're not. They don't have the three prongs. It's just two. Yeah, yeah, and, and they and like they... extend into like these little chains, and he's almost spinning them like nunchucks almost. Uh huh. They end now, up. Did he refer like... to these anywhere else earlier in the movie? It, they kind of came all. out of nowhere. Okay, cool. But I, they yeah, definitely look so. cool, and it adds to the dynamic of the fight. But he's able to wrap the wrap the chains around the gold arms arms and spits, I guess, yeah. poison wine or something into his yeah. eyes. It's and really cool. Him. It's almost like this kind of uh, wrestling, like poison mist. Shout out to Warren. I know he'll appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's really cool, and it incapacitates uh, Golden Arm, and that kind of takes uh him out of the fight for now and yeah i like what you were uh saying earlier how this kind of almost you could see it as kind of a nod to uh crippled avengers where you know you've got this kung fu expert but now he's got to deal with this disability yeah and he adapts pretty well though he he stops the fight here with with high toe but yeah he'll pick it up in a second yeah because Mm -hmm. we get to see this was the part of the movie that that made me laugh the hardest because because <laughs> Sun Qian kind of walks up and uh, Haito explains the you know that he was thinking like I know what his weakness must be has to be his eyes because you know everything else can be invincible but if his eyes are then you can get him in the eyes right and Sun Qian he's like I don't want to kill him because you know he's just blind and Sun Qian doesn't really like that and a another Sun Xian is just <laughs> hiding in the wagon and then just hops out. And when I first saw it, I was like, wait, why does that look this so similar to Sun? Oh, that's just, they just have him on there twice. They just parent trapped him in there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh. oh, man. But he and has he... this other kind of, he has like this like quinceanera outfit or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really yeah. If if there's a pride if there's a pride parade and a guy was wearing that, I wouldn't bat an eye. Oh, totally, oh, totally, man. 
Yeah, it's really cool. It just doesn't it seem like it's going to lend itself to his <laughs> mm-hmm. style of combat. And he slashes that high toe. And it's it's so funny because we know what Shaw Brothers' blood looks like whenever Ooh. he slashes him and it's like this dark red liquid all flies out. I was like, huh, that's weird. That doesn't Matthew, look like that doesn't that, look like blood. So that is a great point. That is that's, <laughs> awesome observation. That's awesome. That's some high level analysis right there. I didn't think about that, but you're totally right. <laughs> but he he kind of plays it off that he's that he you know slashed him fatally, and then he just turns around and kills Sun Chien Prime, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So they don't have to keep doing those split shots. Yeah, because it seems like they're kind of allies but then he quickly kills him the other thing that i don't get though is it's and it's not a good idea to start questioning this and i don't want <laughs> don't the think too house hard. of card to topple but that was supposed to be the double right the guy he killed but that's yeah. the guy that lo Meng said oh he can't handle a sword right so wasn't he supposed to get someone who actually could handle a sword right. i think it's, a, it's kind of a faint him. within a faint because yeah, ultimately gotcha. Iron Feet can't handle a sword either because that's what he yeah. tells High Toe. Right. High Toe says that the stand in was almost perfect, but that his sword play was bad. And that's when Iron Foot reveals himself as Iron Foot. He's like, Well, also, my sword play isn't that great. And I'm the kid with the Iron Feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, What? <laughs> my kicks are great. And I love how direct it is because we've even said before that Sun Chen has these awesome kicks. Mm-hmm. And whenever you get an opportunity where the character can just own that actor's physicality, yes. it's awesome. Yeah. Which, of and course, I- we saw before in Crippled Adventures where he had very literal iron feet. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, I also like there's a bit in the original audio where they bring back, well, they mention the. The legendary swordsman feat of Yang, and um, he says, "How how was this legend spread if you weren't such a good swordsman?" And he's like, "Well, it's simple. I kicked them all to death, and then I stabbed them all. Yeah. <laughs> they were all dead, Use so nobody can brain. deny yeah. it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's really good, and th- he reveals that really his focus is that he just wants to uh, be more famous than. Uh, golden arm because golden arm started this gang and then he became like kind of uh, notorious thanks to the gang so he wants to steal the money and make a bigger gang and become more famous yeah <laughs> obviously respect don't we all yeah. and then so we get a cool fight between iron foot and golden arm yeah where with Lomang being blind it's really yeah. cool and, and again, some really cool music in this part too. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Like it's actually and almost scored, which we don't see too much in these these old Shaw Brothers movies. I also have to shout out to Lo Meng's acting here because yeah, even still, like being a, a blind fighter, you still like really get this full sense of yeah. him kind of trying to work through his uh, disability. He does well, the ear wiggle too. Oh yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> well, he also we saw, he acts um, through his fighting. I think we mentioned this on the last episode, like almost nobody else. And there's just so much passion in it. There's a cool little moment where he's just like screaming and he's ferociously fighting, and then his like hair falls in his face and he just flips it back with a twitch of his head. It's really yeah, really cool. It's, it's really really great. I will but, say so, where, yeah. 
this fight is borderline on strange. I don't know. I, I love how it opens. Um, and I like initially how Sun Chen is able to kind of like trick him and work around his handicap. But something about how all that works just lands a little funny for me. I don't know. If, I think uh, the music helps a lot, though, with keeping that's, it, that's it serious, which kind of shows the shows the power of, of music and, sure. and scoring things. But we get Haito in the background. He kind of hops in to save the day. And Iron Foot, of course, is like, well, I thought I killed you. And he pulls out the this little bag of this, like, cask of wine that yeah. was uh hidden underneath his chest that got sliced open and this is a really great read in the dub where he says it's a pity about the bag and the wine <laughs> <laughs> the way that he says wine makes me laugh oh, love man. it oh. but so we get an amazing fight here where phil quack is doing some crazy flips in this yeah and they have a lot of like power behind them too, which is cool to see. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Phillips' I, kicks are no nothing to slouch at. This is a oh. really great foot on foot, yeah, mm-hmm. final sequence here. Yeah, like I would say, um, how we mentioned that Sun Xian is known for his kicks, and when you think of Chang Sheng, you think of him like very aerial and doing a lot of flips and cartwheels. But I think that. With Philip Kwok, you get almost both of that. You know, he's he's proficient in his kicks. Yeah, his stats are his... maybe the most like well balanced of the fighting characters on your arcade or whatever. Yes, yeah, exactly. Speaking of fighting games, the way that he gets defeated is something straight out of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I think it's really cool too because you've got Lo Meng, uh, you've got Golden Arm kind of sidelined. But he's not completely out of it. So you're just kind of every once in a while you're seeing him in the background of a shot and he's still kind of looking around and stuff. But that ultimately, yeah, proves to be like this crazy fatality where uh Haito kind of shoves Ironfoot away and right into Golden Arm and he uses his golden arm to like drive him through. And I also think it's really cool how Golden Arm kind of is like still kind of listening. He's like, mm, yeah, great I acting think, by Loman. Yeah, there. I I think this is it. Like, yeah, I think his characterization of Golden Arm is just very observant and very still, which I, I even in a situation like this comes across really smartly. And he kind of says like, oh, I guess what is it? He says like, I'm gonna retire now after all of this. And <laughs> yeah, live like a quiet life somewhere mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, like that. he's like, I'm out of here. But even uh, <laughs> then, we get more bloodshed. So yeah, hero, hero Lane Lane. comes from nowhere and just runs him through from behind. And yeah. then Goldarb says a really sad line. He says, "Who wants to retire?" <laughs> and then he <laughs> And he has this like really like great slow mo shot like that just begins with blood erupting from his wound and then him kind of writhing around and doing his uh, uh, kung fu death rattle. Yeah, he also yeah I like that he attempts to kill her and then he's I'm not sure if yeah I I don't know it's really it's really a powerful scene because you're almost ready for it to just be. Uh, this profound tragedy um Mm -hmm. but i i love that he spares her at the end and it's really cool because her outfit is clean she doesn't have the spray of blood but she's got a flash of blood on her chin from uh the sword that was held up to her throat yeah and 
it begin the the final line of the movie is amazing Ooh, and again and a movie full of amazing lines maybe our key. best final line of any of our films yet i don't know I possibly think yeah it's too good yeah i don't know how we'd beat this <laughs> yeah haito <laughs> looks at her and sees lomain dead on the ground and says you escort the gold it isn't far now i'm going to get drunk <laughs> wow wow <laughs> <laughs> Another Shaw production. It's yeah. Too good. Oh, and the horse uh, is on that final. Oh yeah, that final frame. Sure, the too. horse horse makes it to the credits. So, and it's it's cool. It's actually not a freeze frame because the horse is moving. It's not, um, but it's a mostly frozen frame because we have those two corpses and um, we're <laughs> kind of drawing the eye there. But yeah, really great ending. Wow. So yeah, that's the kid with the golden arm. It is. I think it doesn't have quite the same level of status as something like Five Venoms is, but it is, you know, there are people that know about it in the West. It's not completely Yeah, for sure. Yeah, some people really hold this movie up. Mm. Definitely a a must-watch if you're at all interested in the Venoms. This... Uh, this has been a super fun little arc here. Looking at these, these yeah, are totally. these are the most classic kung fu movies of of kung fu movies. Yeah, and uh, you know all the stuff we've covered so far has its own flavor. You know, um, that's so true. Yeah, I think the the more I think of these films, these Venom films, the more I think of comic books. They they remind me of these kind of uh, you know larger than life characters that each have their own color palette and each have their <laughs> own skills, you know? Um, yeah, so totally. These are definitely like the superhero films of this era. I think that's a yeah. perfect description. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. didn't even mention that all the, the colors are amazing in this movie. And like yeah, I said, that totally. they definitely reuse some costumes from five venoms, but those costumes are amazing yeah, <laughs> and have very bright colors, bright silvers and blues and definitely reds. Right, yeah, and Golden all... Arm has like right. these kind of golden rings. You could almost like see he almost kind of has this Egyptian look to his outfit. Yeah, Ooh, and yeah, of course he's Lo Mang, so he has beefy, beefy arms to, to go along with <laughs> yeah, it. Totally. Like, like yeah. literally the first time you see him in the movie in that little like you know the scene with like the plane background is just him flexing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so good yeah it's definitely a treat when you can you know watch these shaw brothers films because they've they all have those or almost all of them have those beautiful celestial transfers and um it's kind of a shame what films from some of the other studios and definitely independent kung fu films like just what shape they're in which is usually pretty yeah pretty sad shape um so whenever you know you can see a movie that's been beautifully preserved like this uh from the period it's yeah such a treat the movie itself, of course, as we said, is on Amazon. You can find it pretty heavily watermarked, but otherwise good quality on on YouTube. But I think it, this is oh, worth cool. this is worth shelling out the money to at least rent uh, if you want to watch it. Yeah, and uh, the DVD that I have is from Tokyo Shock. I'm not sure how widely available it is still, but I'm sure you could probably find it somewhere on the internet. <laughs> and it's um it's pretty bare bones, but it. Gotcha. Was you that know, a like, bundled like um, two pack or well, something? No, it's not a two pack, but it's got a number, so it's like in a series of their Shaw Brothers like Kung Fu collection that they've released, and cool. um, it has the original audio and some really good subtitles. Um, but um, outside of that, it's pretty bare bones. Oh yeah, so we've watched these four films, and I think 
we've seen some of these already, but now that we've covered them for the podcast, uh, where do these rank for you? I guess we don't have to rank them all, but what was your favorite of the four that we watched? Because I'm sure down the line we'll watch some more of these uh, Venom films. But uh, what do you hmm. think, Matthew? I think Crippled Avengers is probably my favorite. Hell yeah, man. Uh, then probably this one. And this isn't because I don't like the other two, but then probably Five Venoms and Invincible Shaolin. Yeah. Both are amazing, but I just yeah. Crippled Avengers is just so much fun. It's a totally. very it's a movie you can show to anyone. Doesn't have like too complicated of a story or anything. Just lots of cool fights. And this movie is just so Yeah, condensed. there's just some kind of magic to how it all comes together. And how about Marty? You? Yeah, I think I would I think I would have the same ranking uh, as Matthew. Yeah, um, I think that's where we're all going to yeah. land on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're friends and have similar tastes or something. <laughs> That's awesome. Or we're slowly becoming synchronized. <laughs> um yeah, I would say the same. I mean, Crippled Avengers is so cool, so much fun and so um strange in its own way that I think anybody uh that's seen a kung fu movie should check it out. And I think that Kid with the Golden Arm is there as well. I know yeah, we mentioned it, but I think that Kid with the Golden Arm is kind of held up probably right behind Five Venoms, but I think that Crippled Avengers is probably more entertaining. Gold, Kid with the Golden Arm is really cool if you're into kung fu movies and you want to see some like really crazy characters and stuff, but I don't think it has like the wider yeah. appeal that Crippled Avengers has. I think what you see with some of these um, more wide widely publicized rankings it's the kind of thing you see in other media which usually has a lot to do with the saturation of the movie in the those cultures that are doing the rankings and i do think kid with a golden arm got a little more play in its dub and it's like um internationally um, and i think just the title you know yeah, that, exactly. the title of so the film really goes a long way um, yeah crippled avengers c- kind of has a <laughs> a little bit of a barrier there <laughs> yeah it, it fits totally. the movie perfectly but it is it's not as appealing as the five deadly venoms or yeah. the, you know <laughs> the kid with the golden arm yeah. yeah for sure well that was the kid with the golden arm from 1979 we we made a joke last week everything was in 78 but this one's from 79 so yeah <laughs> we're moving into the future yeah uh, if you like the show, then please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice. So iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you're listening to this on. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all of those. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And boy, howdy, I'm excited for next week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I guess anyone could do this, but I guess Carlos, tell us what yeah. our, our training is for next week. Um, so here we are. um we've touched on bollywood films and uh i think we've all fallen in love with uh the film endiran and we were blessed enough to uh see the sequel finally it came out 2.0 and uh it's available on amazon uh streaming so Mm -hmm. um that is the next film we're going to be covering uh 2.0 shankar's 2.0 the (laughs) long-awaited sequel to our beloved endrian yes yeah we're gonna see superstar rajnikanth again oh Uh, the one and only (laughs) me and uh me and carlos saw this in theaters actually earlier in the year 
and we were really jazzed to talk about it. So I'm really excited to watch it again and, and yeah. talk yeah. about it with you guys. It's going to so, be magic. Yeah, it's going to be Sweet. it's going to be nuts. So <laughs> until next week, where we're taking a look at 2.0. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.